0: وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمدًا عبده ورسوله صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعض فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وسارعوا إلى مغفرة من ربكم وجنة أرضها السماوات والأرض أُعِدَّتْ للمتقين صدق الله العظيم سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم مولايا صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم Honorable ulama, respected and honorable beloved elders and brothers in Islam, the great scholar Ibn Rajab al-Hambali Rahimahumullah quotes some of the pious ulama before him with regards to this month of Rajab by way of an example. The example he gives is months and their lifespan is like that of a tree. In the month of Rajab, the tree begins to show out its leaves. And in the month of Shaban, it begins to branch out. And then in the month of Ramadan, its fruits are ready. The people that harvest the fruits will be the Mu'mineen, the slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And ultimately, we learn this from that Mubarak du'a. Of our Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allahumma barik lana fi rajab wa sha'ban. Oh Allah bless us in this month of rajab and sha'ban wa ballihgna Ramadan. Cause us to reach this month of Ramadan with a great deal of khayr and afiyat, with a great deal of iman and amal as-saliha. This month of rajab is a month in which each one of us need to make a preparation not a preparation necessarily for the month of Ramadan. We need to make a preparation for what is termed as Yomul Liqa, the day when we will meet Allah Taala. The one meeting, by way of an introduction, will be the day our ruq, our souls are extracted, our eyes would close, and then we will be put into our qabr. Allah caused us to leave this world in a state of Iman. That is one preparation. And that preparation requires that Iman be filled in our bosom and our hearts. And there be absolutely nothing that deteriorates, decreases, and spoils that beautiful quality of Iman. And then of course, the second liqa, which will be the actual liqa, is the day when we stand in front of Allah Ta'ala. On that day, there is no turn back. Whatever preparations has been made, had been made. No one can come back. People will want to, on that day, admit their faults and their sins. But where are they going to go to? There can never be any return. So Allah Ta'ala give us that reality from now, and the preparation begins. Not for the month of Ramadan, the preparation begins for life. So there are two aspects that we need to concentrate on. One is to make Tawbah to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala for our sins. And number two is to bring into our lives the total obedience of Allah. Very beautifully explained in the kitabs of tafsir are two people that are traveling in the same direction. One in the obedience of Allah and one in the disobedience of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salatu was both of them, Yusuf a.s. runs towards the door when Zulaikha sought to seduce him. His running is towards the door, but his running obviously is towards the obedience of Allah and is running away from sin. She is running behind him, the same direction, the same door but she is running towards the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is that fine difference, that two people can be doing the same thing, but one is doing it for the sake of Allah, and one may have other motives and other pursuits. And this is when we have to, we have to take stock and introspect. We have to introspect our lives to see which direction are we going to. Today they say that you have every original type of garment clothing and then you get the fake. We're living in a fake world filled with fake. And Allah forbid, Allah make us maaf. But even our deen sometimes becomes fake. And to bring it back to purity requires that we turn towards Allah with ikhlas and sincerity. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will hold that hand of ours and Allah wa ta'ala will embrace us. Abdullah ibn Zubayr radiallahu ta'ala anhu was a great sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was that person, at that point of his life, was in the defense of Makkah Mukarramah, in the defense of Baitullah when Hajjaj bin Yusuf was beseeching Makkah, an onslaught and we know that the Baitullah then was burnt. But we don't go into that history right now. But Abdullah ibn Zubayr radiallahu ta'ala anhu goes to visit his mother knowing full well in his heart that this is possibly and probably my last visit to see my mother. She is Sayyidah Asma radiallahu ta'ala anha. She is a woman of 100 years old. Historians have written she was blind at that time because of her old age. But yet, not a single tooth of hers had fallen from her mouth. So here he goes and he embraces her and she feels that he is clad with armor, steel armor. And she asked him, My son, why have you donned a steel armor? In other words, are you afraid of death? Are you afraid to go and die in the path of Allah? You are protecting Makkah Mukarramah. That is actually the question. He replies, Oh my mother, it is not that I am afraid of death. What I am afraid of is after I die, Hajjaj will mutilate my body piece by piece. So look at this mother at the age of 100 and Allah make us all like that for our children. She says, My son, when a goat is slaughtered, After it is slaughtered, it doesn't feel the pain when it is skinned. Once you die, there is no material pain, there is no pain of this world that you will go through. So even if they mutilate your body, there is going to be no pain, you are not going to feel the pain. And then he says to his mother, Oh my mother, probably I will not see the sunset today. In other words, The situation out there is disastrous. He's besieged Makkah. His troops are coming in. And I'm going to be the first target. But my mother, I want to share with you a secret that I had never shared in my life. And here's the point. Allah give us the tawfiq. That my mother, I never in my life ever intended to commit his Never in my life I intended to commit a son. Now this may seem to be something that is very simple. But then Fajr is at 5, sunrise is at 5.30. I set my alarm clock for 6, quarter past 6. At the outset, I've already intended to miss my Fajr. There's already that intention. Allah forgive us. But that intention is going on 365 days a year, that we've intended to break the command of Allah. at time, I've intended to do something else, and make my Dhuhr Qadha, never perform it. There's already that intention to break the commandments of Allah. Brothers, this is what needs to be addressed in this month of Ramadan. So the first is, am I genuine or am I fake? And change that. And number two is, my intentions. Do I have this intention to obey Allah? Or do I have your intention to disobey Allah? So he addresses his mother with the first. That I never in my life had the intention of committing a sin. And secondly, I never committed a sin intentionally. I was never intent in committing that sin. There may have been oversights. There may have been lapses. But I was never intentional in committing that sin and breaking the commandment of Allah. Allah, give us the tawfiq, my brothers. So this is the two aspects that we need to address. And then the third, he says to his mother, Oh my mother, I never ever violated the amanat. I never expropriated anything that was given to me as amanat. And again, I'm doing a business deal. The other side is sincere. I make all the promises in my life to make the payment, which is verbal, but my mind is already intent in breaking and violating and being unjust to another party. Now this again, this Hukukul ibad, it needs to come into my life that this is a violation of the rights of others. You know there was this king of Isfahan, Isfahan is in Iran, he went out into the wilderness and his troops usurped one cow of one woman. This woman was a widowed woman that had several children and she lived and sustained herself and the children from this one cow, the milk of this one cow. She had no other income. Here comes the troops, they've taken this one cow, and this woman cried and she sobbed the entire night. Ya Allah, what am I going to do? The idea had come into her heart, into her mind. The next morning, she begins to walk in the direction of this king and his troops, in the opposite direction. And she meets him, the king, at the bridge over the river. And she stands there and Allah puts these beautiful words in her heart, in her mind. And she says to the king, Malik Shah, you either bring justice on this bridge, or tomorrow the justice will be on that bridge, the Sirat, what we call the Pul Sirat. So he disembarked. These were the people of the past. He disembarked, he asked her, my mother, what has happened? She she narrated the story. He queried justified. He replaced that one cow with seven cows. He did good. And then he asked her the question, Would you still hold me responsible in the courts of Allah? She said, You have done justice and more. Brothers, that is the haq and the rights of others. Coming back to the incident of Abdullah ibn Zubayr radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Then he says to his mother, Oh my mother, I'm not saying this to boast. I'm not saying this to show you how good a son is. But all I am doing is I am saying these words to pacify you. Somebody else passes away. Somebody else does the sympathy. Somebody else goes and sympathizes. Here is a sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam sympathizing with his mother before he leaves this world. And then obviously... He goes out and then he becomes shaheed in the path of Allah the wa Taala. If we go further a little bit with his own brother Urwa ibn Zubair, this was Abdullah ibn Zubair. His brother Urwa ibn Zubair was a tabi'i He didn't have the fortune of seeing Nabi Aalim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now his incident is lengthy. I'm just going to speak about the one aspect of it. <coughs> For some reason. He had a an accident and the doctors were unanimous that his leg had to be amputated and of course they amputated his leg. Before burying that leg, he called for that leg and he puts his hand over that leg and then he takes Qasam in the name of Allah, that Allah that made this leg my conveyance that walked me to the masjid in the darkness of night. This leg walked me in the, to, the, to the masjid in the darkness of night. And secondly, these hands of mine had never laid itself on anything that was doubtful. Whatever I ate, whatever I consumed, whatever I earned, everything was 100% halal, I had made sure. And then he says to Allah, Oh Allah, these legs didn't only take me to the masjid, But these legs never ever took me to a place, to a space, to a position of the disobedience of Allah. And O Allah, never drove me to your disobedience. Neither did my mind and nor did my needs ever take me to the disobedience of Allah. So friends, when we speak about this month of Rajab, we speak about this month of Shaban, we speak about the month of Ramadan, we're speaking about these months of preparation for Yomul to prepare ourselves for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and how are we going to prepare for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that number one, we introspect, we see if we are doing things for the sake of Allah, Alhamdulillah, we continue, if we're breaking the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then make amends, turn towards Allah, seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our mother, Sayyidina Ainsha radiallahu ta'ala anha, speaks about her beloved father, Sayyidina Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu. <coughs> we all know Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu and the person he was. Before he accepted Islam, before he embraced Islam, and for the years thereafter, he was a very successful business person, he was a cloth merchant. She says that at the time when he embraced this deen of Islam, Sayyidina Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu, had in his possession 40,000 dirhams, 40,000 silver coins. And after he embraced Islam, he had this unique quality of freeing slaves, feeding the poor, and in that way he spent 35,000 and he was left with only 5,000 at the time of his hijrah with Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم. Sayyidina Isha radiallahu ta'ala anha, then expresses that Nabiya Karim sallallahu alayhi wasallam had come to Madinah Tayyibah. Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiyaAllahu ta'ala anhu had then had the good fortune of purchasing that portion of Masjidun Nabawi that was the very first construction of Masjidun Nabawi in the time of our Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If our minds go to the fact that from then, 1440 odd years, People have been making sajda. That is what we will call the Rodatul Jannah or the Jannatul Tukra or whatever we may call it. And people now have to make appointments on the app to be at that place. And how apt it is for us to think about it that every person that stands there and performs Salat every person that sits there and says subhanallah, every person that opens the Quran, every sajda that a person makes, that reward is also going to Sayyidun Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. So she says that from that 5000 silver coins, he had utilized to purchase the masjid, and then he utilized in other works of deen and other acts of charity. Now, comes the time... when Sayyidina Abu Bakr... Ta'ala, is on the last days of his life... she says... the first thing he did... he called me... and he asked me... Aisha... tell me... how much... did I draw from the Beytul Maal... which was his right... it was a right for him to take from the Baytul Maal... so she said... I done the calculations... 6,000 silver coins. So he said to Aisha, I have this property of mine. Sell this property and settle the Beitulman. Man. It's a right. But yet Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala mustaqwa, that fear in his heart does not allow him to move forward on this journey to Akhirah without settling something about which he had a right. Then, the other matters that he had attended to, his housekeeper, Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala was in arrears with him for 25 coins, which he asked Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu ta'ala to settle. And then he asked Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu ta'ala that in my time of Khilafat, how much did my assets increase? So she replied, one slave, one camel, one piece of cloth. One slave, one camel, one piece of cloth. Sayyidah Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala, who said, "Aisha, take this and hand it over to the next Khalifa. He had already elected Sayyidina Umar as the Khalifa after him. Send it now to the next Khalifa because this was acquired in the period of Khilafat. Then he asked Ainsha radiallahu ta'ala anha, Oh Ainsha tell me How many pieces of cloth Did Rasulullah sallallahu Have enshrouded as the kafan She replied three pieces Now here is a man that is a cloth merchant Here is a man that's a cloth merchant He sees to the rights of others Although he had a right in that And he says Ainsha Here is A piece of cloth that I have. In certain narrations there were two pieces of cloth and one is I had only one piece of cloth. Aisha you purchase from your side and you purchase the balance. So she said oh my father I can purchase all three new ones these are old this is frayed. So he replied that new cloth befits the living and the old cloth befits the deceased decayed body. Now friends if we think about this, this was the thing that he gave his whole life for the sake of Allah wa ta'ala. He showed that even if there was a right that he had possessed, even that right he relinquished, he gave it over to the next Khalifa to make sure that tomorrow when he stands in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is nothing outstanding. And friends, if we want to make that change in our life, If we want to make that change and want to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with a clean sheet, to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a situation where Allah is pleased with us and we are pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, these are the decisions that we have to make. It comes with introspection, it comes... We need to see our own sincerity, we need to see our own deeds, we need to see our relationship with Allah, we need to check our relationship with others. And then thereafter start making amends and then eventually Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu, remember he had known all these questions and the answers. He was the only person that could answer with regards to the husal, the kafan, the janazah, the dafan of Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nobody else had that knowledge but him. He asked Aisha, on which day the Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam leave this world. She replied on a Monday. He asked her, what day is it today? She replied, Monday. And he said, I have hope. That today is my day of meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in that manner, Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala who had left this world. Brothers and friends, let us consider our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let us consider a jannah. Let us consider the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let us try and start. Start at some point. And the best point for us to start once again is we look into ourselves, make the change from within our hearts. Not for anybody else, but for our own self and for the sake of Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq. May Allah wa Ta'ala grant shifa to all the sick amongst us and all those that have left this world. May Allah Ta'ala grant them the highest of jannah Firdaus. wherever the Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is suffering, may Allah wa Ta'ala relieve them and alleviate the sufferings of the Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Wa'ahu Dawaanani alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.